listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 132. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Chris Gronkowski, former NFL player and CEO of Ice Shaker, where he talks about how his professional football career prepared him to run a successful business and earned an investment opportunity from Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez on ABC's Shark Tank. Chris shares what fueled his determination but more importantly, how he overcame the pressures and failures competing at the professional level. Keep your eye on this up-and-coming entrepreneur. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely, anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the mass suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The mass suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, what's up, Grant? Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> right on, man. I'm, man, I'm super pumped to have you on my show to talk about your mindset. Talk about uh, your mindset as a professional football player, uh, mindset as an entrepreneur, and just kind of your journey, life after sport. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to dive in kind of into your, into your life. So I'm really excited. Yeah, man. Uh, there's, some, there's some good stuff going on here. So um I hope I can bring a lot of value to your listeners today. And um, yeah, I got a lot of good stuff about mindset that I'm, I'm happy to share. Right on, man. Well, let's let's get into it. There's a topic that I love. Um, not only do I talk about it almost every day and I teach it to athletes and to my, to my clients, but it's, it's mental toughness. So when you think of the word mental toughness, I can only imagine it's progressed and you've probably developed it over time with all the years that you played football. But when you think of the word mental toughness, what does that mean to you? And when you, when you say mental toughness, I think of, um, man, the old school coach mentality, man, uh, <laughs> you know, where every single day after practice, you're running sprints. And, um, you know, after you, you, you finish, you know, you have overtime, you know, they throw that one extra, that two extra, you know, at you to, to really test you, you know, really test your, your mental toughness, see where you're really at. But that's, that's kind of where, where I think of it um, the most. That's really what sticks out to me right away. And, and I think that's really um, where, I, where I learned it uh, at first was, was really how to take my mind, take my body to another place through my mind, you know, um, really push myself to that next level by being mentally tough. 
That's beautiful. And, and when you think about all the years you played the game of football and all the different levels from high school, college to the NFL, can you share a specific time? And I know there's probably tons that you can think of, but that, that one moment where you had to be mentally tough, where it sticks out in your career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, man, there's a lot. I could three right off the top of my head. Um, I, I was cool. Um, my dad, he, he brought in a, a speed coach for us. Uh, I think it was one of the best things that you could actually do in high school, um, have someone to actually come in, teach you how to run correctly, right form, uh, how to run a 40, how to get out the out of the box. Uh, and, and it tremendously helped us get to the next level. But with that, this camp that we entered into was, uh, it was really the entire summer of, of just running sprints uh, four times a week. You know, most people are having fun during the summer. We were just running, doing agility drills, pretty much to the point where we were throwing up every day. Uh, so I, I think that that summer really tested us a lot. And um, that was that was kind of the first time that that mental toughness to really push through, really get better came into play. Um, fast forward to college. Uh, we had what what was it called, man? Oh, I forgot what they called it. Uh, but we had to wake up. So spring, it, it was it was spring workouts, I guess, is, is what it was. But um, cool. I was at the University of Maryland. Uh, it was Ralph Friesian. He was all all about mental toughness, next guy up mentality. And we'd have these workouts. And they were at, I think, 5 a.m. Uh, in the morning. And we are in this gym. He would turn the heat up to uh, 100 degrees. And you go in this gym, and all you saw was a bunch of garbage cans lined up. And you're like, man, what, what are these garbage cans for, right? <laughs> and they were just lined up for people to throw up in. You know, to, he was, his goal was to get you to puke. It, it's what it came down to. And um, I remember after the very first one, you know, it, it was, it was a testing point, you know, that was a, that was a huge test day for me. And, uh, you know, I, I had to dig so deep. I was, I was a, a freshman at the time and I, I really just had to push through it. And, and it was one of those moments where it was almost like, Hey, why am I doing this? Because that's how hard it was. You know, do I really love this game that much? And, and it really did. It tested you, but what it did was, man, if you got through that, you can get through anything. Uh, and that's what his goal was. And, you know, just throwing the garbage cans out there was just, you know, he was trying to see who wasn't mentally tough, you know, who would, who would be the first one at the garbage can. And, and so as much as, as, as I hated and dreaded it, you know, it, it definitely prepared us for the season. And, and I would say we were probably one of the toughest teams to play against mm -hmm. because, man, he put us through everything, uh, especially in, in that spring training. Uh, but then just uh, fast forward NFL, uh, surprisingly, the, the training for the NFL, you know, they they're responsible for you. So they, they can't necessarily push you as hard. Uh, so it's, it's really up to you. So our, our, our college training, it was brutal, uh, mm. you know, sprints after every practice. You know, uh, once you get to the NFL, you know, some guys are 10 years in, you know, some guys are 15 years in and, and they really can't take that beating anymore. So it's not mandatory where you, you, you have to run sprints after it really comes down to you. Uh, the mental aspect and the mental toughness, I think comes from uh, just the interaction with, with media and, and all the other pressure around the NFL. You know, there's so much pressure on you when you're at that point, when you're at that stage that you don't feel at any other level. You know, you don't feel that in high school, you don't feel that in college, but when you get to the NFL level, you're just under a microscope and, and you feel a lot of pressure. So uh, I think that's when mental toughness comes in as well. And, you know, you have to be mentally focused, you have to be mentally ready, and, and you have to be prepared for anything, not just on the field, but, but off the field as well. 
You know, you bring me back, uh, you know, all the years that I played football. I remember those, there was those practices and there was those double days, those summer practices where I'm like, why am I doing this shit? Like, and you're like, but you're, you just keep on going, you keep on going. And then you get through it, you break through that, that threshold. And you're like, holy shit, man, I can do this. Like I can, you, you, you can put anything in front of me, man. And I can do this. And that's what I love about sport. And we're going to talk about later how, you know, how, how the game of football, how it's gotten you prepared for what you're doing now. We'll, we'll save that till later. But I just, I love the, the fact that what the game of football and sports does as far as testing us and, and forcing us to be mentally tough and forcing us to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that, that next spring practice or, or workout in the morning, it was a lot easier than that first one. <laughs> I, I can tell you that much. You know, I was mentally ready. You know, the mental toughness was there. Went in, and and it was actually easier uh, than I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought I was going to go in and, and dread it again, and you know, be throwing up, or you know, right. possibly even think about quitting. And I got in there, and it was boom, just just absolutely crushed it. So it, it just shows you that you know your body can adapt. You know, if you get through a tough situation, other things aren't as hard. And, and that's also why I like pushing myself in the mornings. You know, I like getting up early. Uh, I like pushing myself mentally and physically in the gym uh, or with a workout because, you know, to me, if I can get through that, if I could push myself you know, hard in the morning, the rest of the day is going to be easy for me. Totally. I agree. I agree. Well, let's, let's, let's kind of get into your mind. So as far as the position you played majority of your career, and I believe, um, did you play full, anything outside of fullback? So yeah, pretty much just uh, fullback. You know, when I, I did transfer, um, I had to sit out a year and I, and I was playing a uh, linebacker role at that time. But uh, really when I actually played, um, I was, I was playing fullback. <laughs> so when you think about that, that position, it's you're, you're either plugging a hole, you're protecting You are running the ball from time to time, but I mean, it's, it, you're like a, like you're a running lineman, right? I mean, you're plugging holes. So it's, it's an aggressive position. And when you think about your role as a fullback, like how would you describe your mindset and how did you, how did you actually prepare your mindset for every practice in every game? Because you're taking, you're, you're taking a load all the time. Yeah, the, it, it was, um, it was a position that was designed to hit people while running full speed. You know, that was, that was my job. Uh, I didn't really get handoffs. I didn't really get passes. You know, my, my job and pretty much my sole responsibility was, you know, to, to run in there and, 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 you know, make a hole for the running back. Uh, so every hit for me, every play for me was a, was a huge collision. And uh, my mindset at, at that time was completely different, um, you know, than, than who I am now. You know, I, I'm actually, I would be scared of myself if I went back now and tried to talk to myself uh, <laughs> back in the day. But really for me, uh, you know, my mindset was, it was almost like a, a zero option. You know, there, there was no other options for me is how I looked at it. Uh, you know, playing football in a family with five boys, uh, you know, I, I was the, the middle. Uh, at that time, when I went into the NFL, you know, my older brother had been drafted, my younger brother had been drafted, and uh, my oldest brother was drafted into MLB. So uh, for me, my mentality at that point in my life was, I am going to do everything I possibly can to be successful at this because I don't want to live with regret and I don't want to be that guy that everyone comes up to and says, Hey, you know, what happened to you? Your whole family played in the NFL. Uh, why didn't you? Um, right. So at that time I went undrafted, um, 
I, I had one chance, one opportunity. I knew I had zero other options. I knew this was going to be my one shot. And, and so I took it. So that was my mindset. My mindset was 100%. I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to make this team. And, and going into it, I knew that there hadn't been one player in over 10 years that went undrafted to the Dallas Cowboys and made the team. So I knew the odds were stacked against me, but I knew that if I, if I locked down, if I did everything I possibly could, that I had a chance. Wow. You know, when you think about your whole career, you know, and I love asking this question. I know that you shared a little bit of, you know, a a moment where you were mentally tough, but when you think about mental wins, so in the moment where shit's really crazy, it's chaotic, or there's a lot of pressure, but in the moment, like you, you, you were dialed in, you, you controlled your thoughts, your emotions, and you did your job. Right. So when you think about your whole career, can you share like what your biggest mental win was throughout your career and your biggest mental fail? Man. Uh, let's see. Biggest mental win. Um, man, that's, that's, that's a tough, tough to put on one thing. Uh, I, I think really it was early on um, going into you know, really, it, it was the third preseason game and going in with the ones, you know, going in with the starters mm-hmm. and, and being able to get in there, um, you know, on the third preseason game early on and know everything, you know, know the playbook, you know, get in there, play fast, not have to think. You know, I, I was in there. I was ready to go. And 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 the mental win was really that, you know, I felt like I should be there. You know, to, yeah. to get to that point was huge. That was the hardest part, you know, especially for me, because I was always told, hey, this is a one in a million shot for you. Uh, you know, the NFL isn't for everybody. Uh, so my mentality you know, leading up to that point was, Hey, I, I really shouldn't be here. You know, why am I here? Like I, I, I'm not, you know, I was always told that I shouldn't be. So uh, I think that was one of the, by far, one of the biggest wins for me was getting in there and, and actually getting that confidence, you know, feeling like I deserve to be there, you know, walking in that huddle and guys you know, being excited to, to, to see me in there and saying, Hey man, let, let's do this. So I think that was a huge mental win uh, for me for sure. So, um, uh, mental, so the mental, uh, I guess, uh, letdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a, that's a tough call. Um, there was, there's different times. Um, you know, some people actually point to, there's one play in my career that, um, you know, Tony Romo got hurt and I got blamed for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a mental letdown. Um, you know, the, the part of it, maybe, maybe after it might've been because mm-hmm. I let it get to me. You know, it was something that, you know, it got blamed on me. Uh, it, they said I missed the block and, you know, Tony ended up breaking his collarbone on the play. Uh, what people didn't know is that we had this entire uh, you know, game plan uh, that we were going to get out quick. We were going to help our, our tackles because we had a new starting tackle for the game. Uh, the Giants had two really good D, D ends at the time. So we we're going to get out quick. We we're going to help chip out. We we're going to help our tackles. And we also had this game plan that the Giants have never once blitz the linebacker unless he's walked up on the line. So if this guy is not walked up on the line and that's your man, get out quick. So on that play, um, my guy, I checked my guy, he was over Jason Witten at the time. He did what we call a green dog. He actually had the, the he had man coverage on our, our running back. So he checked a running back, our running back stayed in. He delayed blitz. He came, I had already got out at the time and uh, he went and lit up, lit up Tony Romo and it got blamed on me. So, uh, that, that point, you know, I, I let it get to me, um, you know, all outside, everything else coming at me, uh, you know, it, it affects you. And at that point, you just have to put your head down. You have to lean on your team. You have to lean 
on the people that actually know what happened and actually, um, you know, can, can help support you. And you got to go from there. So uh, I think that let me let, I let it bother me for a little bit too long. But at the same time, I bounced back from it fast and I, and I let it fuel me for the rest of the season. You know, I think it's, thank you for sharing that. I think it, it's huge to, uh, to talk about these, however you want to call it, right. You know, a mental fail or, or these things that the adversity we have to deal with um, because we all have to deal with it, whether it's in, in sports and life and relationships. And, and I'm curious how, like when you were going through it, right. And I'm sure not, it wasn't more than just what you were feeling. You were hearing it through the media and you're hearing it through like the, the clubhouse, all that kind of stuff. So how long did it stay with you? Because that's, I think that's kind of the trick when we go through shit and we have to deal with it, how long are we going to be with it? Because it's, it's actually in the past. We have no control of it anymore. And that's, as soon as you get the lesson, you can move on from it. But like, how long did it take for you just to go, okay, I'm done with this and you move on from it? Yeah, for me, um, you know, I really think it, it took, it took a couple of days. Um, what it took was really, um, you know, talking to Tony. You know, I went the next morning, uh, you know, I, I talked to my teammate and, you know, I, I had a great conversation with him. You know, he told me, you know, everything that, that a great quarterback would, you know, don't worry about it. We know what happened. You know, we knew what the game plan was. And we went from there, uh, talked to my, my running back coach about it as well. You know, same thing there. And, and, and really just, just felt good about the situation and, and then, you know, kind of fix the problem or fix the issue or whatever it is, get it off your shoulders and boom, you know, move on. And, and so that's how it was. That's how it was for me. At that time it was a 100%, you know, let's focus on, on the next game plan. And, and just try to block out the media because the media was just, right. I mean, it, it was everywhere. Uh, and, you know, you know how it is, with, especially with, with NFL and, you know, it, it's death threats from fans that, you know, bet half their house on the game. And, you know, uh, any, everyone who has Tony as a fantasy quarterback is, is telling you you're the worst play ever. And, um, you know, what came out of all of it was, you know, uh, it was actually the first year that, that uh, pro uh, what is it called? Uh, PFF. So, um, pro football focus. It was the first year that they actually started to look at every single play that a player had in the game and watch the actual film of each player and grade them. Uh, so after that, that year, I was actually graded out as rookie of the year for the fullback uh, based on the, a, 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 an actual play by play breakdown uh, wow. and a grade out of each and every game. Uh, and, and I ranked as the, the fifth overall fullback in the whole league that year. Uh, so coming out of it, if you ask a fan or or the media, um, you know, I was the worst player in the world, uh, but it was good to have the reassurance of people who actually know the game, actually watch the game and actually grade it out that I did have a, have a great season. Right. You, you know, it's funny that you bring this up because and again, this is this is more about you than it's about me. But, you know, with all the years that I've played and being a quarterback, you know, this it's you're in the spotlight all the time. It's like you're the hero when you win. and People think you're a shit bag when you lose, right? Oh yeah. So, man, and I played in the '90s, so I mean, I was I was done playing football in '95 ish. So, my whole like the, the you know having social media and all that stuff, like if you if you put my name in the, right now into the internet, you probably couldn't find too much, even with all the records that I broke with teams and individual records in, in junior college, but there's just that there's that one game that if you put my name in it's my worst game out of the 13 years that I played out of all those so when people like want to 
you know, they hear that I'm a, I was a quarterback. They see that I, I threw four interceptions, two pick six. I was sacked like five times. I was four for 12. They're like, holy shit. But I'm like, that's not the representation of who I am. And at least as an athlete, right? So it's, it's a little bit different, but I can, I get it. It's like, it's not that one game or that one play that defines really how good I am as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, it's, it's never one play either. You know, I, I, I hate that people do that to like say a kicker, you know, at the end of the game, you know, it comes down to a kicker. If he misses the 45 or 50 yard field goal, you know, he, he lost the game. Right. And there's so many other plays throughout the game. You know, there's a play before that could have set him up with a better field goal. Uh, there's so many other things. I mean, it's a team game at the end of the day and right. it, it never, never comes down to one play. You know, it's definitely uh you know, it's a team effort through and through. So it definitely to, to put all that pressure on one person and, and blame, <laughs> blame one person for any one game is, is just crazy, but I understand how it happens. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan now myself. Uh, so I, I get it, man. I, I get from the fan aspect, how it happens because, you know, you are so passionate about it. You know, right. it's your team, you want them to win. So, it, you know, it's super frustrating when, when they don't win and it comes down to that, that one last play that it all kind of, falls on so i get it um but people just have to you know think about it from from both sides every once in a while yeah absolutely and you growing up in in buffalo are you a buffalo fan yeah so we grew up bills mafia all the way uh my dad (laughs) you know he went to the four super bowls uh he i think he was even a scab player at one point for the bills uh way back in the day and um you know it was hard for him because you know rob went to new england uh the unfortunate part about it is that the Bills actually drafted the pick before New England and they didn't take Rob. Uh, so we get called a traitor now and, and people come at us all the time for it. Uh, but but really, at the end of the day, we all know, uh, you know, the draft, you don't choose where you go. Um, you know, you're fortunate to really get drafted and play anywhere. And, um, you know, if, if we, we could have played in Buffalo, my youngest brother, Glenn, did, uh, it would have been a pretty cool experience because, you know, that's what we grew up knowing. Uh, knowing. And, um, I was actually shocked when I went to the Cowboys because, you know, growing up and going to games in Orchard Park, all you see is the yellow, you know, the yellow jerseys in the stands, you know, the security guards, they just fly to one area and then they fly to the next because it's just fight after fight after fight. And everyone has their their shirt off. It's freezing out. It's snowing. Everyone's screaming. Uh, You know, you leave and people are pissing on the stadium wall. And, you know, that's what I grew up seeing. So I go to the Cowboys and uh, just completely different. I had to actually focus that first preseason game uh, on the huddle because there was just so much of people dancing on the third level, you know, it was just a show. Uh, but the only thing missing was the fights and, uh, you know, no, everyone had their shirt on. So it was kind of weird. I mean, just completely different atmosphere, but um, yeah, I had, had to get used to that. So that was really the first time, you know, I'd been in the stadium where it was kind of just controlled, whereas Buffalo was just mayhem, man. And, and that's yeah. what I grew up knowing. So it, it was a little bit different for me. Well, you know, you know, it's great. And I know we didn't talk about this on the front end, but um, I'm actually a Buffalo Bills fan and I'm kind of an anomaly because I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I live in San Francisco. So growing up as a kid and also being a quarterback, everyone's like it was either back in the day, it was either Joe Montana or Jim Plunkett. And I just didn't want to be like anybody like everybody. So I I was introduced to, uh, to Jim Kelly. My dad actually coached yep. me through the TV all the time. He was that type of uh, dad. Right. But he's like, look at this kid at um, I'm Miami. And so I just started to look at Jim Kelly and then I followed him through the, you know, bills, USFL, and then back to the bills. Yep. 
And I just said, screw it, man. It's my team. And right now you can't see it, but I have a Buffalo Bills helmet right up there on my shelf. So, so man, I, I, I know everything about the Bills and everything about the mafia. And I just, I mean, I love it. I love the culture. So have you, have you been slammed through a table? No. <laughs> have you? <laughs> I, I, I believe so. Um, we, I think our entire family has been put through tables at some point. So I bet. Yeah, that's 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 Bill's Mafia, man. You get, we'll, we'll we'll get you hooked up next time. Right on, right on. <laughs> next tailgate, I got you covered. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, transitioning out of football or out of sport. Um, I think it's 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 important to talk about because everybody. I don't care if it's in high school, college, if you're an Olympian, professional athlete. We all have to go through that transition, and some some of those transitions are positive. Some of them are elongated some of them really dark and negative um but when you transitioned out of football like how was that transition for you man so i, I tell people all the time I, I got lucky uh i got really lucky and what happened for me was that uh my wife after my third year she decided that she wasn't gonna try to find a new job after i went to my third team uh we had to move to a new city so uh, she started hand painting wine glasses. It, it turned into this personalization company. And uh, when I when I ended my my first contract and and I moved on to um, the Chargers, I had a gap there. I had a gap of about three months before I signed with them. And I used that time to learn more about her business and help grow it. And um, went to the Chargers. I got hurt. Uh, I took an injury settlement. Uh, got a fourth credited season. And um, you know I started working on the business. Uh, at that point, it started taking off and, and it was this nice smooth transition for me into the business world. Uh, so I started just, you know, really putting all my time and focus into that. And within the first year, we were actually making more money in business than I was playing in the NFL. So uh, that's not usually the case. Usually the case is, you know, guys search for a long time to really find out what they want to do. You know, you, you enter a job that's 60 to 70 K and, you know, it's a, it's a tough, tough transition because, you know, your pay gets yeah. significantly cut really quick. Uh, so I was able to do that. Um, I, I then focused on her business for about five years. And then, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was her passion. You know, I, I poured my heart and soul into it as well. We grew it. Um, it's still something that we have today. It's still something that's growing today. Uh, but you know, it wasn't my true passion. So, uh, I thought of this idea for, uh, it really a, a bottle that I could use all day, every day, um, I was going to the gym still about twice a day. I was living in Texas and it's super hot here. And, um, you know, I'd go, I'd go to work and then I'd come home and I'd grab a shaker bottle, you know, a plastic shaker like you have that we need to replace over yes, there. Yes, exactly. But um, <laughs> with that, I'd get to the gym and, you know, by the time I got there, it was warm, it was sweating everywhere. It tasted awful from the drink I had in it before. And um, I was just like, hey, you know, why isn't there something that I can just use all day, every day? You know, something that's super easy to fill, super easy to clean, but also has the capability to keep your drink cold or hot. And it you know, can actually blend and mix up powders if I need to grab a shake when I'm, I'm at the airport or on the go or uh, wherever I might be. So that was kind of when it hit me like, hey, um, first off, I'll just go get one, right? I'll go home and, and I'll find one on, on Google or Amazon or whatever it is and went home and looked and there was really nothing out there. You know, there's a ton of insulated bottles, but there was really nothing that was, you know, easy to fill, easy to clean and easy to mix. Mm. Uh, and, and I love shaker bottles. I love the pop top, the super easy open. So I was like, man, I, I'll just make something for myself. You know, that was really the goal. Let's make something for myself uh, that I can use all day, every day. You know, 
even if it's at the pool, it, it, it will, it will come to the pool with me. So let's do this. And, and that's how it started. So, um, really it's a side hustle. Um, we're still working for my wife, doing it on the side. We're able to get about 80,000 in sales in the first six months, really get a proof of concept just by hustling, going to shows, um, using Amazon at, at that time. And then we're able to get on ABC shark tank at, at the six month point. And at that point, uh, got offers from all five sharks, closed a deal with Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, and uh, went from 80,000 in the first six months to over 3 million in the next 12 months. And <laughs> it's just been a good ride since then. And each and every day is still, um, you know, trying to get better and trying to figure things out. Wow. You know, and I wanted to bring up the, the whole Shark Tank experience because, the, you know, I've seen so many people up there do incredible pitches and have incredible products. And I've seen some of them kind of just because they're in that moment and they've failed. Um, they weren't necessarily emotionally prepared to, to be in a spotlight and, and to talk about all the, the, the value props and all that good stuff about the product. So, you know, you being a performer and being in the spotlight and competing at, a, at an elite level, how was that moment for you when you had to pitch the ice shaker? Was it, was it, were you nervous? Did you, did were you just full of excitement? You're like, screw it. I've been here before. I know how to kind of perform in the spotlight. Like, what was that moment like? Man, yeah, that's, that's a great question because they actually, you know, they make sure that, that you're mentally, um, you know, stable when you go into the situations because, you know, people do, um, you know, that go on the show and, and they don't, you know, necessarily do good or get an offer, mm -hmm. you know, it can put them into a, a severe downroll spiral really quick. Uh, so they, they, that is something that they, they do put a focus on and they check in on because mm -hmm. this is a huge opportunity for people and it can be super, super mentally stressing. Uh, so leading up to it, there's, there's a ton of preparation. Um, you know, there's a ton of stress. I mean, this is for most people, one of the biggest moments of their life. Um, I, I, I think it was for me as well, uh, probably, probably with everyone on that's going on stage, but, um, you know, if I would say hey what was more stressful um you know starting an nfl game or or pitching on shark tank uh it's going to be an nfl game all day every day <laughs> I, I mean i could remember putting my hand down in the first game i started uh you know i was going against uh lance briggs and, and brian erlacher i was actually running an iso against brian erlacher wow. on my first play uh against chicago and i was shaking you know i was shaking and, and, and man like that that was that's one of the craziest moments you could get to, I feel like. Um, so, you know, going on Shark Tank, what was good about it was, uh, you know, I was I was able to prepare. You know, I, I had the ability to watch eight episodes before, uh, eight seasons actually before, and really just get to know each and every shark, get to know all the questions. And when you're that prepared for something, you know, it's really, it's not that bad. You know, you're going to have the initial nerves. Uh, once you start talking, you get through those initial nerves, you're good to go. So, uh, what also really helped me as well was my family was there. You know, I, I two minutes into it, uh, I scream into the back room and four of my brothers run out and give me a chest bump. And, and at that point, yeah, it's, it's just game on, man. Like that's, that's easy after that. So right. it, that wasn't too bad. And I would say all day, um, it yeah, definitely, definitely football and the nerves from that was, was uh, a lot more than, than having to, to pitch on Shark Tank. Got it. Got it. Well, and we talked earlier in the show about, about, um, you know, what the sport of football or just sports in general, like how that prepares us for life. And, you know, being an entrepreneur right now, um, 
what are some of the lessons that you've gotten? Like, or what are some of the things that when you, because you played football has gotten you prepared for, for being an entrepreneur and, and being where you're at right now within your career? Man, everything, everything is really the answer. Uh, it really is. It's so similar. You know, you, you, as an entrepreneur, you know, all the success is based on what you do, you know, the work that you put in. Uh, so you're working long hours, you know, for football, you're waking up at 6 a.m. You know, you're putting that work in, uh, you know, for football, you, you have a 12 hour day all day, every day. So the hard work is there, um, but so many other things. So what I like to tell people is, you know, the playbook. The playbook in football is huge. huge. You know, people don't realize how big the playbook is, but you know, I tell people I, I wasn't the best athlete. You know, I wasn't the best player, but I was the best option because I knew the playbook. You know, I got through injuries, I got through college, uh, and I was reliable. And and that's that's how business is as well. You you gotta study the playbook. You gotta study your opponents. You you have to study your customer base as well. So a lot of it is is studying as well. Um, and then I, I think that. Um, time management is huge. Uh, mm. I think this is something that I learned in college uh, because at a college, a college day, you can't go back and relive college because it is a grind as a student athlete. And you know, once you get out of that and you get into the NFL, you're kind of like, wow, like I got some time finally. <laughs> I, could, I just have to focus on football. This is kind of nice. Right. And uh, man, every single hour in college was dedicated to something. You know, you woke up, you had mandatory study hall. You know, you woke up, you you went to workouts, then you went to class, you know, then you went back and you, you went to practice and then you got out of practice, you went to mandatory dinner and then you got home and you studied for the next day, uh, either your playbook or, or for your classes. And then on the weekends you're doing projects and you know, at the same time, you're still trying to have fun and party. Uh, so that time <laughs> management, you know, that was that was huge. You know, if you can get through college as a student athlete and, and succeed and, you know, I, I was I was a. Um, you know, an honor roll student in college as well. So if you can pull that off, uh, that's, that's huge. You know, that is going to prepare you 100% for an entrepreneur, because as an entrepreneur, your day is never going to be the same every day. Right. You know, it's going to be a roller coaster ride up and down every single day. And you're going to be doing things that you never thought you were doing. You know, I was sitting there on a scissor lift the other day, uh, changing light bulbs in a new warehouse. Uh, you know, <laughs> never thought I'd be on a scissor lift at 30 feet high, changing out light bulbs, but you know, there's so many things that you just have to do and you have to figure out. And, and so all that, all that hard work, the grind, figuring things out. I, I think that all comes from football and, um, and sports in general. And then the last thing, which I think is the biggest piece that I actually think I made a mistake with and waited too long for was, you know, the whole teamwork aspect, uh, as an athlete, as someone that, that works hard, um, you know, it was very, very hard for me to bring in other people to, to divvy off work. You know, I always felt like, Hey, I'll do the work. I'll get it done. Uh, what I didn't realize is that, you know, I, I can work an 80 hour work week. That didn't bother me. I was used to the hard work, but you know, I still, at that point, I could not do it at the same level. If I, you know, other people could, if I brought them in and they had more time. So I was maxed out. I was limiting myself. And at that point it was really all about teamwork. It was, Hey, if we want to win a championship, if we want to scale up. If we want to be the best company, we got to bring in a team, a team around us that can win that championship. So uh, the teamwork aspect was huge. And it was actually something that I was missing for a while and, and was a big mistake for me. And, and really something that I put a lot of focus on in 2020. And we've seen a ton of growth because of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. One more question here before we sign off here. Um, 
it's you know, more of a, it's kind of a deep question, more of on reflection on your, on your whole career in life. But with all the things you've gone through, all the success and even failures, uh, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? Man, that's uh, what I've learned the most is um, I was thinking about it last night. So I was, I was in the warehouse um, till about 930. I woke up at four, uh, went back. And, and for me, what I learned the most is, is that it's kind of that, that zero option mentality is what I think has been successful for me. You know, I, I, that's kind of how I think. And I think I learned that from, from football and, and really throughout my whole life was, you know, just have to look at it and say, hey, you know, there's no other options but to win. You know, there's no other option but to get better each and every day. And, and that's how I look at it. So I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding all day. I'm at this warehouse and I'm like, man, I could, I could just, I could just, you know, walk away from this. You know, I'm set. Like I never had to start this business or anything like that. But for me, every day, there's no other option but to get better and, and to continue to be successful. So that's, that's how I look at it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, how can my listeners connect with you on social media and also more importantly, uh, buy your product, the ice shaker, uh, let them know where they can go. Absolutely. So check us out at iceshaker.com. Uh, we're on social media as well at ice shaker bottle. So ice shaker bottle on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um, and, and then check me out at Chris Gronkowski. I'm on pretty much every platform, but uh, we're all about just sharing knowledge, uh, sharing value, workouts, um, motivational tips, uh, recipes, all that. So uh, you'll see, you'll see my kids as well. Uh, it's got three boys and just always having fun, man. And, and that's, I think that's what it comes down to with anything, passion, uh, having fun, really remember why you started things. And, uh, you know, my kids have really just brought that out as well. You know, watching a little kid, they can have fun literally doing anything. Right. So if you have a chance and you haven't had little kids around you in a while, man, just, just watch kids for a little bit and they'll, they'll bring that enjoyment back out in you. You know, I will, I will say this, you know, just being a spectator and where I sit, that's one thing that you can't deny between you and, and the rest of your brothers. Like when you guys are in pictures and you guys are together, it's like you guys are having fun. And even, you know, your brother, Rob, you know, when he, when he's playing as well, he just looks like he's having a blast. Right. So it's like, it seems like the fabric and the foundation of you and your brothers is still all about having fun. Yeah, man, you have to, you, you know, you have one life to live and live it to the fullest and um, man, never regret anything. So that's, that's how we've been. That's how we've always been. And uh, man, there's, there's no reason to live life any other way. Right on, right on Chris, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Just sharing your, 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 your passion, your energy and your mindset and, uh, and sharing your, your awesome new company. Um, I really appreciate it, man. It was an honor. Grant, thanks so much for having me, man.